Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Here's another one about finding out what is lurking outside your comfort zone. This episode, I head down to experience an obstacle race with two friends, Bob and Tim. This particular obstacle race is the Spartan Stadium at Fenway Park. They say the Spartan is the world's best obstacle race. And Fenway Park, a place where legends like Ted Williams, Yaz, Pedro Martinez played, holds a special place in my heart for sure. Fenway and Boston was and is a notoriously tough place to play sports, so it kind of seems like the right place to uh, experience a little adversity. And I think some of the uh, beauty in this adventure lies in my lack of preparation. They say Spartan Race will change your life, so we head down to Fenway Park to find out. As always, this episode is brought to you by the world-famous Tortuga Soap Company. All the kinds of things you need to keep you looking and smelling good, tortugasoap.com. Put in the discount code PODCAST and get 20% off your order. And this episode is also brought to you by Port City Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, located in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, portcitybjj.com. So if you're ever in the area, make sure you check it out. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Get out there, people, and challenge yourselves. Peace. November 10th, 2019, I, George Law, along with my friend, Bob Beal, on our way to the Spartan race, as I try to figure out how to not blast myself in the face with the seat. It's perfect. Eddie Van Whitebelt, Bob. Yeah. How did we, how did, the, how did we get on this thing? Uh, Why are we doing this? Where did this idea come from? It came from the sun. It did come from the sun. Whose idea was it? Uh, I think Tim brought it up first. Did he? Yeah. Uh, we should say, for the record, Tim is following us, and we'll, we'll part. Maybe part two will be. We'll talk to Tim. Because uh, Tim's got his girlfriend's birthday party that he's got to go to afterwards so we're sitting in the sauna just put my sweatshirt on over the seatbelt right <laughs> uh, I'm totally unprepared for this thing whatsoever you know in every aspect but I believe that's the beauty of this uh, so we're sitting in the sauna I can't remember why we wanted to do the Spartan, but you've done Spartan races before. Yeah, they're a blast. You've done a bunch. I've done many. You have? Yep. Um, I did one, for the record, like six years ago. I did uh, the one in uh, Amesbury, and it was like, I mean, I trained for it, if you count jujitsu. Um, I, I would count that as pretty appropriate training. But it was, these are short. Yeah. You've done longer ones. 
Yeah, uh, the longest one Tim and I did was uh, 16 miles. Jesus. With over 9,000 feet of elevation gain. Is that the beast? That was the beast in Killington. Yeah. And uh, that was really difficult. How long did that take you? Uh, I think it took me over five hours, and I think Tim finished just under five hours. And I think he got top five in his age group, and I got sixth in my age group. Did you train, like, for, for that? Yeah, we trained pretty seriously. We did a lot of running, a lot of uh, Tabata workouts, uh, a lot of running the obstacle course at Judo Joe Cortez's Semper Fi Fitness. We tried really hard not to suck, dude, and we did okay. How many people did it? Oh man, that weekend probably ten thousand people, thousands of people a day. That's crazy. Why do you think that? Why does does our does our regular lives suck so bad, or do we hate the comfort of a nice warm bed so much that we got to wake up? six o'clock in the morning to go out to Fenway Park on a cold fucking day and do some weird shit <laughs> like I swear I was like why why would I want to leave my bed right now because it's absolutely insanely fun and it's it's healthy to be uncomfortable just, well just like jujitsu get inoculated at being in these uncomfortable positions, right? Why do I like to be uncomfortable so much is what I'm, I'm I, my uh, main concern in my life right now. <laughs> Why don't I just like to do this shit the easy way? Go to work, in the office, go home, watch TV, laugh at the laugh track, you know, do what I'm supposed to, told to do. Why can't I do that? Why does that... Why do I rebel against that so much? Because you're doing it right. <laughs> that sounds it, like it sucks. <laughs> it's so weird. It does suck, right? I, I, fell, suck. I fell into it. I was... I, I, I was... Uh, I had a period where I was pretty sedentary and pretty unfit. And, uh, about 70 pounds overweight and inflamed. And uh, kind of sucked, so... Getting up early and doing shit that pushes you out of your comfort zone and sucks is, uh, I'm way happier. It's like almost like we're like, fuck you to all the people that have worked so hard in previous generations to get us to this point of comfort. <laughs> and it's like, no, I will not take a hot shower. <laughs> I will not. I will make, I will, I will make this showering experience miserable. I don't mind a hot shower. I don't either. But I do love the cold shower. Yep, the cold, I, the cold shower is definitely uh, puts a little spring in your step. Dude, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, but I wonder why I don't like comfort. Like, I mean, maybe I think I do like comfort. But maybe I'm miserable. I like, com comfort, I like comfort at the end of the day. Right. Like, uh, you know, I like to dim the lights and wind down and get under warm blankets and get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. That's, you can maybe I you like can enjoy comfort. it more. Oh, I enjoy it immensely. Because you suffer. I have, I have no trouble getting to sleep right at the end of the day. 
I didn't sleep that well last night because I was like thinking about this shit. That happens. That happens to me before any weird thing I do. Yep. Like, like any, you know, even whatever. Like, I mean, what? I don't, I don't, I'm not, I really, I didn't research this thing at all. I know there's not mud. That's one. I know we're going to be running upstairs, I think, right? A lot. Yep. Still, so I'm not going to die. There's no fucking saber-toothed tiger that's going to run out and eat me, probably. No. But I was, like, not sleeping either last night, thinking about it. Yep. Uh, I slept good last night, but uh, a few seasons ago when I was doing a lot of these, before the bigger ones, I didn't sleep so, so well. <laughs> I was a little concerned. I go through the same thing with, like, anything jiu-jitsu tournament whatever like like when I, I I don't I sort of remember when we decided we were gonna do the you know in the sauna and I was like oh yeah let's do it it'll be awesome then I'm like it'll be awesome then the night before anything I'm just like ah oh, why am I doing this <laughs> jiu-jitsu tournament running race fucking Spartan what I for whatever reason I always question myself and my decision making before I do it and I'm like why am I doing this I've questioned myself during the events for sure sure oh yeah oh yeah during right. the Killington Beast uh, about 12 miles into it uh, I was dude that's a solid the internal dialogue was was pretty strong right I had to talk myself into uh, not stopping it's no joke I wanted five to hours yeah that's no joke. Uh, I got emotional. <laughs> yes. Once I was that tired. Yeah. And they were sending us up the mountain again. And, uh, some of the stuff is so steep. All you can do is, like, put one foot in front of the other. And it's, yeah. You're going up the Black Diamond ski slope. Is it, la- it's like a bunch of laps? Yeah, you're basically, well, it's not... You're not doing laps on the same course, but you are going up and down Killington Mountain five or six times. And uh, some of the portions you're carrying 80-pound buckets of rocks up the ski slope. This is the other thing, too, right? Like, I feel like, as a dude that grew up doing manual labor, I'm about to fucking pay. I already paid. I just paid someone, and I'm going to sort of do manual labor. Yep. Yeah, you're paying over a hundred bucks to go do <laughs> manual labor and get crazy. Get yelled at to do burpees. <laughs> I think that's crazy. I mean, I love it. I'm super excited to do it. This course is one of the funnest. I I mean, for me, yeah, right. That was the main, like Fenway Park. Yep. Legendary. You know. Yep. It's, it's a part of my fucking growing up. Yeah, you'll be in the Red Sox locker room. You'll be, be in, in the, the dugout. Fucking dugout. Yep. I mean, you're not allowed to pick up Terry Francona's phone. Your wife did that, right? She got yelled at hardcore. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is pretty cool. That, that to me, is the lore of this particular thing, right? Is that yep. we get to go into the sacred Fenway Park... Nostalgia. Nostalgia for my life. For my whole life. From the Greek word nostos, which means home. Coming home. Shout out to my friend Devin Powell, who owns a mixed martial arts gym. 
Summersworth, New Hampshire, that <laughs> you should go check out. Big victory in Bellator, big MMA recently. Uh, the great, one of the best I've ever seen it, or I've seen it in recent years. I mean, it looked amazing. Uh, so talk about dude. I mean, right? This is a, he, he's a guy who grinds it out every day for the last ten years. Very little time off. Uh, is embarked out on his own fucking path in life. He was at a. He used to have a job at the Peace Trade Port Center, putting the people's like, like I think he would take the passports or something and take their pictures and make sure their pictures were lined up on the passport when they're putting the passports together all day. That sounds like it really sucks. <laughs> he hated it. Wow. He hated it, dude. He would come. Port City was in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where we all kind of sprung from. I would show up and him and I taught kids class. Like, this was in a different building. It was downtown Portsmouth. And uh, he would be sleeping in his Prius like, with his little weird zombie eye shades on. And he, he from that, you know, even in that 10 years ago, he was like, dude, I gotta get out of this. It sounded horrible. But it was like, you know, the comfort of the government job. Yeah. And some people... Like stability, the, st- stability. Stability is seductive. Stability. Stability and routine and just knowing that there's going to be, you know, that deposit in your checking account every other Friday that you got to rely on no matter what. Do you... Oh, so... I mean, you are... You own a business, right? I do. If anybody happens to listen to this, Mom. Um, my friend Bob owns his own business, Mom. And, uh... Do you... Like, how does health insurance work with that? You have to offer health insurance to people? Uh, or do you, uh, like... We're we're a small business. Right. We have uh, eight employees currently, other than my brother and myself. And most of our employees have spouses with health insurance. Uh, the bike industry is a strange industry, right. especially in the Northeast. It's very seasonal. Right. So, uh bike industry takes a lot of commitment and a lot of passion and uh, doesn't have some of the, the great benefits of other industries bigger companies. Uh, so you pay for so your own health insurance? I, I get it through my wife oh, you and most are. of us get it through our spouses. Because right. man, health insurance, as everybody knows, this is a thing that fires me up, <laughs> is that health insurance, dude, is fucking expensive. It's ridiculously expensive. And, so I get health insurance through my job, for which I am grateful for, right? But, I get, they pay for 80% of mine, right? And, but 0%, I think, of my wife's, whatever. But, so I pay, I pay all this money, and, uh, but like if some and I don't ever go to the doctor, ever like very very rarely. Um, but like if I if some if I go out and break my leg today or whatever, I think I gotta pay. I still gotta pay like up to like twenty grand or something. Like I have like right, out of pocket maximum. Well, there's yeah. a deductible and then there's out of pocket, and it's like twenty thousand dollars. I could possibly still be on the hook for, even though I pay for the insurance. That, yeah. Makes no sense to me. I 
I didn't even like thinking about it. No. Don't get sick is the... Don't get sick, don't get hurt. Right. Or limp it off, which is what I will do. <laughs> you know what I mean? No matter what. Like, because, man, you go to the fucking doctors. One, I feel like you're going to die, probably. Two, you're going to be broke when you do finally die. That, so this is what I, I got, I got really, and the thing that, like, recently with my job, we, uh, you know, every year you got to go through the new health insurance thing. And so I'm like, and like people come in, they bring you donuts and, and fucking trinkets to distract you from the fact that they are totally friggin' screwing you. Nobody in my job is pissed except for me. I'm like, dude, do you not like... And they're all go to the doctor a lot and sick. It, was, it changed a lot, too. It's changed and, uh, a lot. In the early 2000s, uh, I was buying my own health insurance for uh, before I got married. And when I started buying my own health insurance, it was $155 a month right. for a pretty good plan. Which is reasonable co-pays, right. and the yearly deductible was like couple thousand bucks and you know I had some stuff go wrong and it was really no big deal yeah it was like whatever go to the doctor 25 bucks 50 bucks and then in the course of a few years in the early 2000s that insurance rate doubled yeah. and my coverage went down and my co-pays went up right? in, in a short amount of time it's insane and my income did not go up at all there's actually no proportional change to go with it Taboo, right? Due to the fact that society has made everything super comfortable for me and nothing's trying to kill me on a day-to-day -day basis, I suffer from depression at times and anxiety. And so I go, I go see a counselor. The fucking insurance don't even pay anything for it. I was like, what? Like, how is that possible? How is that possible? It should be covered. I couldn't believe it. It should be covered. Uh, it should be, like, I mean, you, you know, there's people out there, or whatever, I don't know. People, you go to the doctor, you got, like, 20, you pay $20 copay, or whatever it is, and, you know. So I thought, I'm going to, like, a doctor, you know, to give my, my mental health game up, up the level, yep. right? Of, and it has worked, and so now I pay $75 a fucking time, and it's worth it, and I'll do it. But I was like, this. There's no copay thing for this. Like, I just thought it would be twenty bucks. No, it's not. If uh, if there was a reasonable copay for that, a lot of other people could afford to do it. A lot of people would benefit from it. Oh, and then tremendous benefit. Then the whole community would be elevated. Everybody would be a little bit healthier. And it really, like, there's a stigma attached to that, and that. Know, there's jujitsu and running and all there those are all good like those are good for for my mental health but it ain't enough it's like you still got to go home to you after the thing after whatever it is you did jujitsu whatever and, and and going to a counselor I find it's like the hardest scariest thing I've ever done uh, but everybody I believe everybody I mean there's people out there who got their shit together naturally maybe that don't need uh, I think everybody could benefit from that. I agree. So there should be no stigma. Go, go get yourself a counselor 
go talk to the lady or the dude. Finding one, now that's another thing I, that, you know, I was lucky and I found, but I, I could see how that would be intimidating, finding the right, like... Well, that that uh, relationship's got to be right. Woo! It's, uh, it's got to be somebody that can, I don't know, work with your personality and... Both ways. Yeah, too. like hold you accountable for your bullshit, but also, you know, have the empathy to kind of, I don't know. They gotta, they, you gotta be able to trust them. Trust. You gotta, uh, but they gotta be able to see because I think it's like teaching or coaching or whatever else. You gotta kind of look at every. I think good, good teachers can look at different at students and realize like, oh, I gotta teach this one a little different, right? Or yeah, gotta, you gotta have like a different personality for different students for sure, right? So I think especially because if this lady told me like you know start telling me what to do I'd be like fuck you lady like I'm not you know right but she's good she gets me to tell her like somehow you know or I don't even know maybe I just pay her to sit there and run my mouth like I do now for free but uh, super helpful to me super helpful but I so that far like I don't know how I got on the health insurance topic but uh, we started talking about business owner business owner yep. well I was thinking about the health insurance yep. but to me so then I looked up right so I was fired up nobody else in this office is fired up this lady I work next to she just told me she spent and she's, she's not healthy you know she spent $15,000 the year before on surgeries and stuff before her 100% whatever kicked in I don't even understand how it all works anymore it's so confusing but I was like, lady, you're not pissed off? Like, what the hell? Right. I was pissed off for her. So then I looked up. I was like, why is our, you know, we live in America, right? Like, shouldn't our shit be the best? In America, dude. So I looked it up to see, like, is it bullshit that we're number 28 or whatever? Or is it true? And so it seems like it's true that we are really not even in the top five. And all the money, this is why it's so expensive. This is what I was like, why is our shit so expensive? It's all because of administrative costs, right? right? And most of the administrative costs, this is what I didn't understand before, and I still don't, but comes from coding the bills because there's so many different insurance providers or whatever, and so they got to pay somebody to sit in that office to figure out which... Which, um, you know, how, how Blue Cross Blue Shield does their thing. Right. How, and that's why people are always talking about single payer. Right. I never knew that until, until recently. There's really no, uh, when you walk into the hospital, there's no menu with uh, pricing. No menu. You have no idea. I, I've asked the doctors what certain things are going to cost, and they have no idea. Right. Uh, and how could they really? Because they don't know, like, with sure. that, the way the insurance is. Uh, I had an awesome doctor. He's retired now. And uh, he didn't want to discourage me from going to see him. So he would, you know, I would come in for something and he'd be like, I'm not going to charge you for the visit because I never want you to be discouraged from coming in to see me for things. I'm only going to 
file for basically the, the procedure that your insurance should cover. Right. And I was like, this guy's the right kind of doctor. He seems to get the, the, the thing, he's, right? He's since retired, but that guy was amazing. And, like, his his motivation was pure. To help people. He was trying to help people. And, he, you know, I, I was really appreciative that I didn't have to shell out an extra 150 bucks at the time right. to, to see him. And that, that made me go, okay, well, if anything comes up that I'm curious about or questioning, I'm not going to hesitate to go see this guy because... He's got my back, and he's also going to make sure that I'm not getting charged up the wazoo for just saying, you know, get this new spot on my skin. Do we need right. to cut it off? Right. And it's just, so the system shouldn't be that way. Like, it shouldn't put him in that position right? to have to operate that way. And I'm not even, like, I'm not, like, socialist fucking guy either. But I don't, I have a hard time with people... And I'm not against doctors making a lot of money. Like, hey, dude, you know, you went to school, you got, you know, yep. make the money. Man, everybody make the money. But, like, should insurance companies be getting rich off of off of sick people? I, I don't really think so. Like, I think uh, there's only one solution, George. We need to build a time machine. Yeah. We need to go back in time about 150 years when like most towns were kind of incorporating and setting up like libraries and post offices and sheriff's offices and we need to figure out how to basically start a new a whole new path for right. healthcare because we're 150 years off course a whole new path so if we can build a time machine we can fix it yeah so this is the otherwise, part of the, otherwise we're fucked otherwise we're, well, we're fucked anyway that's why we're doing this thing. That's why I'm in a car with you driving to Boston to go run around fucking Fenway Park and climb ropes or something. Um, well, this is part of the thing, too, I think, right? It's like, this is our thought I have. Like, it doesn't have to be... Um, I would go, yeah, I would go to one for sure. Um, Sorry, Tim. Yeah, we get excited. We're talking about health, health insurance. Um it does. The problem is too. People are like, "Oh, Obamacare sucks," or "This one sucks," or, and that that's it. You know, like we can't do it like Canada because they got long fucking wait times. Well, you know, with all the smart people we have, and I believe that like we got a lot of smart kids and people coming up. Like, can't we come up with a third way? Like that we haven't. You know, does it have to be like Canada or like the one we got? And those are the only two options ever. Right. There's got to be another. You know, because I don't know a single payer. I really didn't research it that deeply to know if that is the answer or not. I don't know, but um, I think in Mexico they they have like everybody has health care like a certain basic level, and yep. then you can pay to get private if you want. I don't know. Or you can just eat right. I think there's don't a lot, get sick. Well, yeah, if a lot of people take some personal accountability. A lot of the health problems people have can be prevented. Without a doubt. I mean, you can't necessarily prevent accidents. Accidents right. are just going to happen. But a lot of diseases are, are lifestyle-based. You know, eating and exercising. and Eating seems to be a, like... This is so... For anybody listening to this that doesn't know Bob, Bob might be the most one of the most disciplined people um, I've been around. So now I've been, so I, I've, I've recently come to realize that you can be like, I don't even know what the terms are. Like you can be in shape, right? Cause I think I'm in shape. 
Right. You know, you can be in shape, but not healthy. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. Like I, up until two, the last two months, I have ate, eaten like complete and utter shit. And so, yeah, like I can, I can, you know, I'm in shape, blah, blah, blah. I can run, I can, but like on the inside, man, I'm probably like, you know, it's probably not good. Like because of the food, right? I've been able to exercise my way out of a bad diet for most of the, but it, you know, 45. Catches up. Catches up, but you feel like crap, you know? And so. There's, there's a lot of levels to it. There is a lot of levels to it, right? So I started eating better. And man, I don't know if it's mental or whatever, but I instantly felt better. I was like, wow. And this dude last night, who's like a, owns a gym over by where you live, I was talking to him and he's like, well, how did you feel better? And I was like, man, like my joints didn't feel super stiff. Like my head, like my head wasn't like, like as, uh, you know, like I could think, I could, I could like, uh, it just felt better all around mentally, Physically, um, it makes a difference for sure. Right. Because, man, they're killing us with the sugar, Bob. Sugar's bad. Uh, I overhauled my lifestyle starting when I was about 37. Yeah. And uh, just being a full-time musician, I pretty much uh, stayed up late, didn't get enough sleep, and lived on pizza, chicken parmesan, and beer because there was always... It's always free. In the studio, bands order pizza and bring beer. And I ended up, uh, you know, I was fit at 30. And then by 37, I was a really soft, sedentary 225 pounds of inflammation. My hands hurt. My knees hurt. My back hurt. And, uh, I just kind of got lucky and stumbled into some discoveries and by the time I was a, a year had gone by, I'd lost seventy pounds and was amazing, signing dude. up for Spartan races. <laughs> seventy pounds. Yep, it's unbelievable, man. But I can see how it happened because, dude, I and this guy I was talking. We talked about this last night, and he was spot on. Like before I even told him, he's like, "I was like, I felt good, but I also felt like shit." And he's like, "Well, you felt like shit because you weren't getting the calories you were getting." And I was like, "That is a hundred percent true." Because I didn't necessarily... It's hard to make up for those calories, like... Yeah, if you take out all the garbage, you yeah. get, and you, you're a very active There's person, a big deficit. you got to get the calories back in yeah. with healthier stuff. And it's a challenge, yeah. for sure. Um, my wife and I meal prep for the week, and if we didn't do that, it would be almost impossible to eat well. Buying lunches at work, but we chop a bunch of vegetables and prepare a bunch of meats usually Sunday nights and that's what we make our lunches with for the week and, you know cutting up the cabbage and shredding the carrots and she's roasting the beets and you know is she is she uh, I don't really know I know she really is a great cook but I don't know like what does she eat does she uh, she eats pretty healthy um, I have to eat healthy because right. I have this thing with my joints in my hands and if I eat off discipline my hands swell up and I can't play guitar and I can't fix bikes and I can't grip keys mm. if I eat like shit mm. so that's a, a pretty good uh, it attenuates my 
behavior really well because there's consequences within hours. My hands start to swell up. That's crazy. So for, for other people, there's not that that physical barrier necessarily. So it's easier to, you know, have the dessert and really not think too much about it. I don't, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, but I, two, three months ago, I would have been like, I can eat like this shit all the time. It doesn't affect me. But as soon as I really, like, I was like, you know what? I will give this a shot to see because I'm 45. Like, I my, I don't want my athletic career to be over. And then I realized, like, oh, I could feel a lot better than the way I've been feeling. Yep. You know? So maybe, I mean, I'm, I don't know about anybody else, but. I think once you're eating clean, go off discipline and you feel how crappy right you feel you don't realize how crappy you were feeling all that time that's right or how I I have it's November whatever we said I can't even remember but um, I'm usually I get sick very easily very easily so I'm always like worried about getting sick but this year I have not gotten sick yet right I know right I'm I'm, uh, eating better is uh key for your immune system is that lower intestine everything that goes in your mouth your body has to take out the good stuff and crap out the bad stuff and if you're eating like crap your lower intestine gets permeable more permeable than it should be when the bad stuff gets into your bloodstream your immune system is kind of going berserk all the time and it's not as well prepared to protect you from other stuff yeah so even if that's the bottom line and I know, like, I've been on the verge, because, man, like, Jay, all kinds of people have been around me sick, and I'm like, oh, God. But uh, I think uh, the last time I was prescribed antibiotics for being sick was 2013. Nice. And that was, that was the winter before I kind of cleaned things up. And I would get sick every fall. I would get bronchitis or, you know, things that resemble pneumonia, and every fall I would have some lingering cough and end up on antibiotics every fall for since I was a kid once I cleaned up my eating right I haven't I haven't struggled with colds like that since yeah. that's worth it right there so don't eat them freaking Twinkies man <laughs> don't eat that so but you know this is my this is my relationship with food <laughs> I I knew my friend Brad was coming up and I knew he was going to bring candy I was like alright I'm going to eat the candy but so I did, and it, you know, it was like, I don't know, to be 100% full disclosure, I was like, eh, you know, I didn't miss it, like, as much, like, it was much easier for me to give up candy than uh, bread. Yeah. Bread is a mother effort to, to I, I, stay I miss, away from. I miss bread, I give you that. It's... When I see people like tearing up a fresh focaccia, right? There's a little bit of sadness inside. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, dude. But if I eat it, it hurts. It physically right. causes pain. So, right. and and gluten-free bread is like having sex with two condoms on. It's just there's just less pre- pleasure in gluten-free bread. It's I'll, better than I'll, having I'll, sex with yourself, though. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so. So there's, you know. It's just a way to get meat to your mouth without getting your hands greasy. It's really the gluten-free ah, bread sucks. Right, right. Uh, I, I, gluten-free pizza is not that bad, though. There's a couple good ones. Yeah, the against the grain right. crust is pretty. I tried. Pretty, I tried it. delicious. Here's the thing, too, that I also, like, have determined. This is maybe the most important thing for me. 
right? And then maybe that's something to do with why we're going down to do this fucking race. I don't know. But, like, if you don't eat... So I used to eat pizza. Three, I'd go to this place in Dover, La Festa, which is a really, really good pizza place. La Festa's good. It's good, man. They got the garlic knots. Yeah. It stands up to anybody's pizza anywhere. I don't give a shit who you are. Who you, I, you know, yeah. how good your pizza you think it is. Their pizza's on point. It's good. So I would eat that shit like three or four times a week, you know, easily. And it was like, yeah, you know, just eat it. It's normal. So I didn't eat any bread for whatever, two weeks. And I'm eating clean. And we were down, we were, I mean, Andrea, my daughter was trick-or-treating. And all these little kids were like, can we go to the festa? And I was like, yep, let's do it. I had two pieces of pizza and I was like, this fucking pizza is the best pizza I have ever had in my entire life. It was so much better when you only eat it once in a while than if you eat it all the time. Right? Yep. Candy, though, was funny. Last night I ate the candy and I was like, eh, you know, it didn't give me the same. cracked up to me. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was like, you know, it was the, the, the idea of it because it was from Sweden and my friend brought it and it was, that was cool, but like, it wasn't, uh, I think the candy I'm not like is, but, but maybe that has something to do with this, right? Like if you suffer like a, maybe if you try to get rid of all the suffering in your life, you don't know what pleasure is. I think, uh, there's truth to that. And also I think stress stimulates growth, right? Not stress like, you know, work office stress, but stress like. You know, you put your body through something, and then you get a good night's sleep, and your body's a little bit better for it the next day. Right. Uh, that is a hundred. So, you know, the last year of my life was tough, but instead of folding, luckily, you know, because man, I don't know. I always feel like that is an option. Like being like, eh, fuck it, man, give up. Sadly. But instead, so instead, I persevered through it, right? And then I started going to see a counselor. And then I start, like, and then that led me to, like, oh, like, I don't know how, but, like, meditation. And that's a game changer. Yeah. Game changer for me. Change your brain. Change your brain. Positive thinking and meditation. Like, that is my new, uh, I'm really trying to figure that thing out. Because, man, I didn't realize how much shit talk I do to myself. You know, you can be really negative towards yourself. How are you going to do good stuff, if, you know, if you're negative towards yourself? Yep. You got to tell yourself you love you. Say, I love myself. In the mirror. In the mirror. You're right. I've done it, dude. It's fucking super weird. But I do it. I've done it. I'm trying. I really have. And the first time I did it, I was laughing. I was like, man, this is... A-. But I made myself laugh, so that's good. Yep. Right? Um, but through through pain, there is growth, man. If you're if you if you trudge through it, if you don't trudge through it, you know I don't know. Then then you're probably just gonna get more pain. But I have had tremendous um, growth in areas that I would have never expected because of pain recently. Uh, eating well, meditation. Positive. I'm reading the. I'm reading the power of positive thinking. <laughs> it's good. All kinds of good stuff. I'm gonna go run around Fenway Park. Try to 
purify my soul. Good, yeah, to the left. To the left. Yeah, thank you. I, I, listen, I used to drive a fucking limo in Boston. You drove a limo in Boston? Well, I did, I, it, it was, yes, like, but I did executive shit. Yeah. So it was like, I, when I say limo, I was, I drove like Mercedes and town cars and stuff right. like that. Um, I didn't do the fucking stretch limo thing. Right. Like, I could have, but right. I was like, man, I'm not... So you're driving people to the airport. I drove executive people to and from the airport a lot. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, somebody's calling me. I'm not going to answer that. Um, so, I really don't know what to expect right now. We're pulling into the Tobin Bridge. They expect to be uncomfortable. I expect to, yeah. The obstacle is the way. That's the, they are. the whole thing. The, uh, I'll tell you a story, though. When I was a kid, well, you were the same age as me, right? I remember, do you remember um, Charles Stewart? I do not. Charles Stewart, I forget where he lived in Boston, but he killed his, this was when murders like this shit didn't happen. Now it happens all the time, I guess, but or you hear about it all the time. This dude killed his pregnant wife, but he blamed it. He was like, I don't know, some black guy, you know. And oh, wow. so the city of Boston, this is like the eighties, whatever. The city of Boston goes on lockdown, dude, trying to find the black guy that killed Charles Stewart's wife. And they arrested a guy, and I forget the guy's name. I used to know the guy's name because uh, it was a big deal. But then. Um, it all, the reality comes out that it wasn't a black guy. It was Charles Stewart who killed, the, killed his wife. I think they do. Pregnant kid. That. So they're about to, they figured it out. Charles Stewart came and jumped off this bridge. Tobin Bridge. The Tobin Bridge, dude. This is no joke. Like, the thing to jump off. Uh, it's like, like the movie Grease. I don't know. Did somebody jump off a bridge in Grease? Not Grease. No, it was Saturday Night Fever. It was the Oh, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is a, you know, I, for some reason, I've always thought about that my whole life. Uh, about Charles Stewart jumping off this bridge. And then uh, when we go around the turn and you drive by the gravel pit. Yep. I always think about, you, remember, you ever watched the show Spencer for Hire? Yeah. Yeah. They, they was, that was, that was one of show. the helicopter shots. Right. You're going to drive by. Opening it. sequence. Ah. Um, so part one. Me fucking bitching about health insurance, but part two maybe we'll try to talk to Tim and because we got a third party who's following behind us. We'll talk to Tim about stuff for a few minutes. That'll be good. Then we'll go run this thing, and then I'll give you my. Then we'll, then we'll see what it was like. Our post post mortem on the, the Spartan post, experience. Post mortem on the Fenway Park Spartan Spartan. Uh, welcome to Charlestown.